What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host for today, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And oh my goodness, this is episode 132, week 5 NAI Women's Flag Football Recap for the 2022 season. This week 5 might have been the most electrifying week of football here that we've had so far in 2022. 22, a lot of great games, uh, a very, very big shakeup in our rankings here because of a lot of these games. You know, we had three teams travel down to Florida, a lot of cross, um, you know, cross conference play. We had one team travel to Tennessee as well to face Milligan, who we're finally seeing a little bit more of. And uh, yeah, so a lot went down and, you know, this is going to be a really big episode and I'm just going to be honest honest with you we got 13 games to recap some of them i'll recap more than others um obviously (laughs) there are a lot of games that i'm gonna probably go quarter by quarter on and then there are some games i'm just gonna read off the score um or read off what happened going into the second half or whenever i kind of stopped paying attention because those games are pretty much done at that point and then we'll go from there so just gonna give a heads up but we are gonna mention every single one of these women's flag football games that went down this last week from about March 11 to March 17th, including today, uh, which at the time I'm recording this, it is March 17th, right before Midland and St. Mary's plays so uh, just keep all of that in mind but let's go ahead and hop into this we got a lot to talk about a lot of great storylines to uh, talk about as well and great players to put on so here we go starting on march 11th friday we had kansas wesleyan traveling down to florida for their little florida road trip here uh they would play warner university to start off uh their road trip and these uh, string of games that they would play now warner here we talked about them last week i said look warner's trying to bounce back they did lose a couple games in a row here obviously games to pretty good teams here including kaiser they lost them 12 to, uh 27 and then lost to thomas by one or two scores um the following week after that and so i said you know kansas wesleyan they do have a chance to go ahead and take advantage of a warner team that is slipping a little bit but you know what if i'm warner i know that they're well coached you know i know they have a lot of talent and this was kind of a game i expected them to bounce back and go ahead and uh you know get back in the win column and bounce back they did warner did win 32 to 13 um i don't think there was a live stream available because i couldn't find one and so there you go there Uh, they take care of business to start the day to start the week uh warner does and kansas wesleyan you know they they put up some points and whatnot a respectable 13 against a very good warner team that is usually pretty stout on defense so not too bad of a performance to start off this weekend after that, still on 
this Friday here, we had Weber play Milligan pretty much right after that game. And here's how that game went down. Milligan, you know, they are a program that is trying to find their footing here. This is basically the start to their season. I don't believe they had any games beforehand. And so uh, this game against Weber is their season opener, which, you know, Weber, they're another team that is also trying to find their footing. I said uh, before this week and last week's recap, I believe that is episode 127. Go ahead and check it out if you want to hear it for yourself. But in episode 127, I said, Weber, they have a very good chance of completely turning around their season, and it starts with week five. They play like four or five games or something crazy like that here in week five, and so if they run the table, then they're going to be in a real good spot with a lot of momentum going into the second half of the season and eventually going to the conference, uh, you know, playoffs championship, and then the NEIA national championships there as well. So... This is was I mean, in general, this is going to be a big week for Milligan here. And, you know, honestly, this is a tough matchup for Milligan, who, you know, obviously struggled last year. This year, they have a new head coach. They're still trying to find their footing here uh, against a Weber team that, you know, they know what kind of players they have. They know they have a lot of talent here. A little bit of some struggles here at the quarterback spot, trying to find that sweet spot and consistency um, between Sierra Harris and Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson, the freshman, um, for the most part, I would say, kind of being the main starting quarterback. Sierra Harris kind of being that utility uh, dual threat quarterback that, you know, they throw out there at quarterback, receiver, running back, whatever. She does it all, uh, but still a threat to throw it if she gets the ball in her hands. So that is Weber. You know, they're a team, like I said, who is uh, trying to find their footing as well, but they have played a couple games and they're looking to turn it around. And here's how it goes down to start the game milligan does get the ball and they go three and now not too much going on here uh definitely looks like a team that is starting their season here so no surprises there and so here we go weber they are on offense sam wilson isn't at quarterback uh sierra harris not available for this game didn't see her on offense or defense didn't see that number one jersey so i'm assuming she was just not available there so here we go sam wilson does have the ball on offense. She is the main quarterback for this game. On the second play, she tosses a pretty easy 20-yard, very casual 20-yard touchdown pass to number three, her receiver, Breeza Robinson. Uh, they would also get the conversion as well, making it 7-0 to zero here. Right away, getting it going, keeping it easy and whatnot on that second play of the game. Milligan to get the ball can't do too much with it obviously like I said uh, they're struggling to kind of get on the same page early on it is their second drive ever of the season so uh, it's as expected but definitely a couple misfires uh, from the quarterback there uh, but you know no no big mistakes no turnovers they do end up punting the ball back to Weber and so here we go Sam Wilson she finds uh, Breeza Robinson one more time on a nice hitch route and then runs for about a 10 plus yard reception uh, Robinson does by the way and that play would get them into Milligan territory and then uh, after that Sam Wilson would find number four Suzanne Kaufman on a very very nice post route um, who then goes ahead and makes a nice move makes a defender miss I believe it was it was a 
spin move, I want to say. And then that goes for about a 20-yard touchdown reception slash throw. Uh, Sam Wilson finding Suzanne Kaufman, like I said, who makes just a great play. It makes a defender miss for a touchdown. Uh, don't get the conversion this time, but they are up 13-0. to zero. Now, Milgan, they have the ball, and they're kind of putting it together here. They do have a couple drops uh, to, you know, start this drive, but then they complete two passes. You know, that gets them a good chunk of yards, and then a penalty would actually go ahead and put them into Weber territory right before the second quarter starts. So here we go. You know, Milligan, they're finding some rhythm here on offense here, uh, which was really, which is really good because Weber obviously has a lot of, you know, athletes on the defense, but... Milligan's quarterback, number 17, I believe that is uh, Brooke Housley, does complete a nice pass to, I want to say it's Danny Bar Bartocci, um, and that gets them into the red zone for the first time in this game, in the for, for the first time today as well, and so um, that's um, set up by that nice pass, and then after that, Housley does find her receiver, Bethany Stevens for a very, very nice touchdown in the back of the end zone. It was just 101. The receiver beat at the corner, and there you go. That is money. First touchdown on the season. The first touchdown for Milligan uh, here in this game as well. They don't get the conversion, but Weber does have a 13-6 lead. Still, though, Milligan gets on the board. Still a pretty close game at this point right here in the second quarter, but... On offense, you know, we got Weber here. Sam Wilson is kind of on fire to start this game. She responds with a beautiful strike down the sideline that goes for about 30-plus yards here. Just a very accurate throw and a good catch by the receiver. Then she finds her receiver, Breeza Robinson, right after that for a nice 10-plus yard touchdown reception. Um, so in two plays, basically making it happen. And Weber responding very quickly to Milligan here. Uh, they don't get the conversion, like I said, but they do go up 19-6 to with a two-score lead. And so here we go, Milligan, they kind of have some rhythm from that last offensive drive, and they start this drive pretty well, hitting two passes, but a penalty on Milligan does push them backwards, unfortunately, and unfortunately, that would be a mistake that they would not be able to recover from, as they do eventually punt it back to Weber there, and that kind of kills a bit of momentum here. Now, Weber, Sam Wilson... Like I said, they are going. Sam Wilson does scramble for about 10 plus yards to get them into Milligan territory after that punt. After that, she would then fit a nice pass, a very, very tight pass, by the way. Accurate too, though, to Breeza Robinson, who gets them into the red zone on a nice 10 plus yard reception. Then uh, Wilson does find Kaufman, who pulls out the controller. It's a couple moves, makes about three defenders miss on her way for a short touchdown reception. Literally, she hit a, a juke, a spin move, then another juke, and then went ahead and hopped into the end zone there on a nice touchdown reception. They would get the conversion on this one, and Weber basically dominating here. 26-6, this offense is rolling, and it's not like this Milligan defense isn't playing bad defense or not flag pulling, um, I mean, like, Suzanne Kaufman, she's a play playmaker, we all know that, you know, she's gonna be someone that's a pretty shifty receiver and tough to, uh, you know, kind of corral and all that, so that's expected, and, you know, 
and you have Breeza Robinson who is just very consistent making a couple of tough catches here to keep this Weber drive alive but Weber's offense they are going and so is their defense as they do force a three and out thanks to a nice sack that they got uh, early on in this Milligan drive here then here we go number four for Weber that is Suzanne Kaufman uh, she is returning the punt for Weber, she gets a very nice return, basically gets them to the 20. Um, they're basically in the red zone in Milligan territory here. And so here's how it goes down. Here's how this offensive drive ends. It ends with a direct snap to the running back, Malia Domingo, who puts them inside the 10 on a nice 10-yard rush. So there you go. You're halfway there. Uh, and then after that, Wilson would flip it back to Domingo on the next play, or at, I believe it's a play after that. Uh, so and on, in the next couple plays, she would flip it to Malia Domingo over the middle for a nice touchdown reception here. Uh, a high snap does result in a dead ball for Weber so they don't get the conversion but they are leading 32 to 6 uh, Milligan you know they do try to get something going they complete a nice 20 plus yard reception and then another nice 10 yard gain but they run out of time before the half ends and so Weber is leading 32 to 6 at this point uh, this game is basically over not too much happens here you have a couple of touchdowns near the end but Weber does defeat Milligan in their first game of this season 40 to 12 Weber bouncing back here uh, take after taking a couple pretty tough losses here these are the last couple weeks here so there you go there 40 to 12 is the final score Weber beating Milligan next game of the day here we do have Warner versus Milligan here uh, on Friday here Warner obviously getting a nice bounce back dub versus Kansas Wesleyan uh, earlier in this day and you know Warner they they definitely played Milligan a lot tougher uh, than Weber did seemingly in this game here they were pretty much on top of it I'm not going to go into too much details but basically by I want to say halftime Warner is up about 35 to 0 and that is in part thanks to Madison Tingent their quarterback and their receiver slash athlete Cynthia Holmes who is absolutely killing it at this point, you know, at this point, she got her fourth receiving touchdown of the day in the first half. That fourth receiving touchdown would be the one that would put them up uh, 35 to zero. The other touchdown was Tingen finding number four. I believe that's Bernaya Williams for a nice touchdown reception and conversion. And so Warner, honestly, they were just on fire to start this game on offense. And then defensively, I mean, they just weren't giving uh, Milligan a lot to work with. You know, they were playing the receivers physical. They were just taking away places to go with the ball. And then whenever they tried to run it, I mean, they were real quick to swarm and go ahead and uh, stop that for a short loss. And so Warner just playing a very very clean game to start uh this game and to end this game as well as they would go ahead and blanket milligan 72 to 0 i think that is the highest score that we've seen all season and the highest margin um the win margin that we've seen all season so far here so there you go there warner going 2-0 on this friday here bouncing back pretty nicely and finding a way to get it done at the end of the day so uh, good for them. Milligan, you know, obviously he's struggling a lot. Warner is a very, very good team. A team that has basically been in our top four, top three national rankings, power, national power rankings since, 
since week two, week, well, yeah, basically since after week two, so there you go, obviously Warner is a very good team, but that'll wrap up the games for March 11th on Friday, obviously in 2022, uh, let's go ahead and talk about the Saturday games, uh, starting on March 12th, all right, so, Saturday. We start pretty early in the morning here, uh, but that's how you know it's going to be a great day of football here. But we started at 9 a.m. Eastern time. For me, it was 7 a.m., a little bit before 7 a.m., so I got up pretty early to watch this game here. And that was Weber versus Milligan here. A little bit of a rematch from the previous day, obviously, here. And so here we go. Uh, Weber, they do start on offense. And uh, Sam Wilson, this time, she is going to find Caleb Burrows here, who goes ahead and gets a nice gain, about 20-plus yards, to go ahead and get them into the red zone. Also, by the way, Sierra Harris is available for this game. She is on the field on offense and defense there, so I just wanted to throw that out there as I didn't notice that. Uh, but anyways, after that nice Caleb Burrows reception, Wilson does a nice job just buying time, um, scrambling out, making nice moves and whatnot, uh, elusive moves, making defenders miss, and eventually, eventually does find Breeze Robinson in the back of the end zone alone for a nice short touchdown reception. Uh, would drop the conversion, like literally it touched the receiver's hands and uh, she would drop it. But regardless, Weber does take the lead early in this game, six to zero. Milligan to get the ball back. I uh, could tell they're a little, maybe a little nervous here because uh, they do struggle on offense. A bad snap kind of contributes to killing this first drive. And you know, as you know, when you have a bad snap or a fumble, you know, there's no one could recover it. It's just dead where it drops. So that's a pretty tough, like, 10 or 5-yard loss. I mean, depending on the depth and whatnot and where the snap goes. So that is tough. That's always a tough way to start a drive. Uh, so there you go. Milligan basically goes through and out. But you go ahead and put uh, a pretty bad punt. I don't know what happened. I think it was just not a good punt. But the bad punt basically puts Weber inside the 20. Like, in Milligan territory. So, that's not good. But, doesn't matter. Weber goes ahead and they take over here. You know, taking that uh, punt. And so, Wilson does complete a nice pass to Caleb Burrows. Who gets them inside the 10 after a very nice spin move. Uh, they check it down to the running back. That would eventually bring up third and short. A couple plays later on the goal line. Uh, it would be fourth and short after a quarterback scramble. Um, Wilson, I think, got a couple yards here. But eventually, Sam Wilson finds Caleb Burrows on a very short touchdown throw into a tight space to go ahead and put them up by two scores there. And then uh, Wilson would eventually run around on the conversion and lay up a very perfect throw for the conversion as Wilson, or as, yeah, Wilson and Weber now lead 13-0 to over Milligan. On the second offensive drive ever for Milligan here, uh, they do go through and out again. It's not because they messed up or anything like that. Uh, Weber's defense just did a very nice job just taking away the short passes, not allowing any of those as, you know, Milligan was obviously trying to get into rhythm and Weber would not allow them to. So three and out, they go ahead and punt it. And so right before the first quarter ends and we go into the second quarter, um, Wilson does complete a quick throw to Sierra Harris, and then after that, they would direct snap it to Caleb Burrows, who gains about 15 yards or so for Weber uh, in total in those two plays right before the end of the quarter. But in the second quarter, you know, um, 
Weber, they have the ball here. Sierra Harris does get the ball on a fake reverse throw. Um, basically, she finds a receiver wide open uh, for a touchdown there. Then after that, Wilson would uh, throw a dump off pass to Sierra Harris here, who would go ahead and get the conversion. And so just like that, Weber does go up 20 to zero. Now Milligan, they're trying to find something here. You know, they're in a similar situation uh, the previous day, and they did score, and that kind of shortened the lead. And so that's what they're looking at. You know, if they could score right before the first half ends, then they'd be in an all right enough spot. Uh, but unfortunately, I believe it's Cameron Lane of Weber uh, basically fields a very easy interception. Uh, you could kind of tell that the ball was uh, just thrown up in that direction. It was a deep pass, obviously. And uh, Cameron Lane of Weber basically goes ahead and intercepts it, fields it, and Weber takes over here. Uh, but they do go through and out because of a couple dropped passes. So, you know, Milligan does get a little bit of a break here. But... Unfortunately, right after that, Caleb Burrows for Weber does get a pick six to go ahead and help out this offense here, uh, you know, because they didn't get that touchdown for the first time, uh, uh, I believe, on, on this day so far in the game. Uh, they missed conversion, but they go up 26-0. Basically, this game is over right before halftime and whatnot. A couple other things would happen uh, and whatnot. They would score a couple more touchdowns, but... Weber would beat Milligan 47-0. Defense playing really well, but most importantly, offense is clicking very well in these two games here against Milligan. So they're hoping to continue to use that momentum moving forward. After that game, we did have Thomas uh, versus Kansas Wesley. And so we had the Nighthawks taking on the Coyotes here uh, right after that game. But a couple of things went down. Uh, I believe there was a little bit of a delay there. And then uh, the basically the live stream just went down in general for the day. And so I was not able to see really any more of the games from this day here. Did catch a you know live stream of the Weber Kansas Wesleyan game later on. But we'll talk about that later. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and go through this game pretty quickly here. Uh, Thomas, they would eventually... Beat Kansas Wesleyan 26-6. Obviously, Thomas's defense is pretty much on fire so far this season. It's been a really big part of their identity. Which, you know, if you listen to that uh, post-game interview slash the commentators from that first game in their opening game against Kaiser, you know, that was something they wanted to do. They wanted to play very good defense here. And they have this season. Uh, and I'm including the games that I haven't talked about yet. They have allowed... Two scores, two touchdowns, only two times out of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Out of the nine games they played. So two out of the nine games, they've only allowed two scores. Uh, one of those times was against Kaiser, who they still beat 19-13. to 13. So there you go there. And then the other one was against Florida Memorial. And that was kind of a weird sitch. They allowed two touchdowns in the fourth quarter there. That made that game a lot closer than it was. Other than that... These last couple weeks here, I mean, they beat Xavier 57-0, lost to St. Thomas 6-7 in a thriller in overtime. Uh, so, you know, you could kind of live with that. Beat Weber 13-7, beat Warner 14-0. And then, obviously, they went ahead, beat Kansas Wesleyan 26-6. Very dominant on defense here. 
doing their thing. Um, if you're Kansas Wesleyan, you know, you're not too mad about that. I mean, you got to look at some of the other teams that they didn't allow scores and whatnot. And so you could pretty happy about eventually getting a touchdown there. Uh, because this Thomas team doesn't allow too many, honestly. So, uh, so yeah, there you go there. But Thomas does beat them 26-6. Moving on, though. After that game, we had Weber versus Kansas Wesley in here. Like I said, live streams were down because of the storm and whatnot, so didn't get to see it. But Weber did beat Kansas Wesley in pretty easily here, um, 26-7. Very similar to that Thomas and Kansas Wesleyan score, which is really interesting to me. But basically, let me go down the stat lines here for Weber because uh, they did win here. Caleb Burrows, three receiving touchdowns, 52 receiving yards in this game. Sam Wilson at quarterback, 16 of 20, 153 uh, passing yards, two passing touchdowns, so very efficient there. Sierra Harris uh, at quarterback as well, 9 of 15 for 72 um, passing yards, two touchdowns to one interception, but she also caught an interception on defense. I believe um, Weber Suzanne Kaufman caught an interception as well. As Weber takes care of a very solid Kansas Wesleyan team, 26 to 7 for really really long time we've had kansas wesleyan ranked above weber basically since week two so that's a good dub to go ahead and get out of that eight spot there at least so far um you know in this week so there you go there weber does have another game against ottawa which we will be talking about later kansas wesleyan that will be their last game of this road trip here unfortunately going 0-3 but still playing some pretty good competition in thomas and in weber who will play ottawa or who did play ottawa this week and we'll be talking about that soon here and so kansas wesleyan definitely a lot to learn here uh could have been a lot worse i mean obviously so nothing too bad here they're gonna build on that and go back to kansas go back to the kcac and uh maybe see some of these teams in the national playoffs or national championships games here in a couple months in may so we'll keep an eye on that but like I said, Weber does beat Kansas Wesleyan 26-7. Very similar score to that 26-6 uh, dub that Thomas got over Kansas Wesleyan. So there you go there. The last but not least, we have Thomas versus Milligan. Like I said, couldn't see this one, but Thomas uh, made a statement. Well, you know, they, they did what they do. And they go ahead and beat Milligan 59-0. A very dominant win there. Milligan, unfortunately, going back to Tennessee without a dub but like I said playing some very good competition that'll get them ready here uh, moving forward playing some very very good competition between Weber well twice a uh, Warner and then Thomas all very very good teams so uh so yeah but that'll basically wrap up this Saturday uh slate of games here let's kind of keep this thing going let's talk about March 15th Tuesday there was only one game on that day on Tuesday Ottawa did 
play Warner here. Uh, Ottawa beginning their little trip of their own to Florida. Warner, you know, coming off of some pretty solid dubs here this last weekend. Trying to keep that going. And so here we go. This was going to be a great matchup regardless. And so Ottawa, they do start with the ball here. Madison Carrera does end up throwing a touchdown pass after a very long touchdown drive uh, by Ottawa here. And so they get on the board first. Wouldn't miss the extra point. But regardless, Ottawa takes the lead at 6-0. to zero. After that, Warner gets the ball. Madison Tingen at quarterback. Uh, does complete a couple short passes that end up in a fourth and short situation at midfield. Unfortunately, though, Tingen would find the right receiver, but the pass is dropped on fourth down. And so Ottawa takes over basically already in uh, Warner territory here. And so here's how it goes. Madison Carrera. This game, she is very sharp so far this game. Uh, she scrambles twice, finding herself and this Ottawa offense in the red zone. Then after that, she she throws a nice drag route, uh, who would then score that touchdown. Uh, a throw on the run would complete the conversion there. So just like that, it is 13-0 thanks to very clean gameplay by Madison Carrera. Just making it work here for Ottawa here. Now, on offense, Warner. You know, they find themselves in a third and 20 situation, struggling a little bit to move the ball here. But Tingen finds her receiver for a very accurate pass over the middle that would go ahead and get, and get them a first down. Uh, tag on a penalty that happened that game as well. That gives them a couple extra yards. After that, she would make a quick throw to a running back and then throw the hitch route, which would go ahead and get them in the red zone. And then in this situation here in the red zone, Tingen then finds a receiver on a nice slant route who makes a strong contested catch for a touchdown, by the way. Um, and then after that, on the conversion, Tingen would run it in herself for the conversion, making it a solid 13-7 to game right here. Uh, just a score behind Ottawa. Now... Ottawa on offense here. They're trying to get this thing going at a couple of very good drives here. Very well put together drives. Uh, Warner's defense, though, does stand strong, forcing some scrambles here by Carrera and just shutting down uh, an end around that they try to pull here. That would force a very surprising three and out here. This Warner defense standing strong here, getting the ball back for their offense here. And so here's how it goes down. Engine, she has the ball. Uh, Ottawa, they're sending some, you know, they're sending blitzers, some pass rushers here. She avoids the sack and then throws a very quick dump off pass to a running back who would go ahead and get them into Ottawa territory and also give them a nice first down. After that, Tinchin finds her girl Cynthia Holmes on a nice out route uh, who makes a, it's a contested catch. It's a good throw, but still it's good defense. And so Holmes makes a nice contested catch and then runs about you know, 10 more yards or so to get Warner into the red zone after that. Then, Madison Tingen would end this offensive drive, uh, throwing a nice out route for a touchdown, tying up this game here uh, with that score. And then they would get the conversion, making it 14-13 to in this game. Now, Ottawa, 
they're struggling a little bit here as this Warner defense does tighten up here. It is third down. Uh, Carrera basically throws a jump ball on the run to a receiver who just goes up and gets it. Uh, and comes down with a beautiful 20 plus yard snag that goes ahead and also puts them in Warner territory and in the red zone. After that, on the exact next play, she finds her receiver wide open on the post route for about a 10 plus yard touchdown reception and the lead they don't get the conversion here um but they are up 18 to 14 in this game and then that would basically be halftime not too much would happen after that and so here we go in the third quarter ottawa uh they start this quarter with a score and go ahead and lead 25 to 14 scoring pretty quickly here uh, after that though warner's madison tinger does complete a nice pass over the middle uh, for about a 20 plus yard gain here that will put Warner in the red zone Then after that tension does find her girl Cynthia Holmes on a quick slant that makes it 25 to 24 now uh, She then goes back to Holmes on the conversion which would make it 25 to 21 less than a one score game here uh, Warner just uh, you know just behind Ottawa here Ottawa still having the lead but Ottawa, they respond back on offense, led by the quarterback Madison Carrera. She makes a nice pass down the sideline that goes ahead and puts Ottawa near midfield after about a 15-plus yard gain here. Uh, and then Carrera, she does find a receiver, Alyssa Linkus, who is wide open down the sideline, by the way, for a 20-plus yard reception putting Ottawa in the red zone uh, after a couple plays here where, you know, Warner's defense is just caught uh, slacking just a little bit here, not even go a lot. But in the red zone, um, you know, that's after that Alyssa Linkus reception, which, by the way, you know, she was wide open and she was eventually ran down, so that's the only reason she didn't score here. Uh, but Carrera, she would eventually finish this drive. This would be pretty early on in the fourth quarter. She would run it in herself for a touchdown. Uh, so there you go. And then find her receiver for the conversion, putting Ottawa up again by two scores, 32 to 21 here. So at this point here, Warner, they do have a chance to score. They only really need two touchdowns here. If they get the conversion on both, um, or even if they get the con if they don't get the conversion, then you know they they still win. Right, but obviously you want to get the conversion to put pressure on the opposing team. Get all the points uh, possible here. So Warner is still very much in this game here. And so here's how it goes. Madison Tingen, she's driving this team down the field. But she tries to go over the middle here. It wasn't necessarily the wrong pass to make, but... It was obvious that safety for Ottawa uh, studied her film because she basically lurks that pass, jumps the route for an Ottawa interception, and returns it uh, for enough yards that would basically put Ottawa in the red zone here with a chance to make it a three-score game here. And that's what they do, basically. Madison Carrera, she finds her receiver throwing on the run for a nice, for a nice touchdown over the middle, putting Ottawa by even more putting them up by even more um, they would get the conversion making it 39 to 21 that's about an 18 point game here and so at this point warner you know they're still trying to win here obviously get some points you never know here and so tension she does go deep takes a shot but does slightly under throw it into double coverage wasn't the wrong play like I said but if she led her receiver on a little bit more the receiver would be able to at least make a contested catch uh, here with the DBs to her back 
but the ball is underthrown, and so the DB goes ahead and intercepts that, and that is basically over here. Ottawa, you know, they do their best to use up as much of the clock as possible for the rest of this quarter, and so the final score of this game is 45-21, to 21, only allowing one touchdown in the second half, Ottawa that is, and uh, you know, Warner, obviously, I don't think they played a bad game, they had their chance to win, I mean, it was 32-21, to 21. I mean, really 25-21 to 21 going into the fourth quarter here, and so, they'll learn from it. You know, this is a team that is under a first-year head coach and whatnot, and so I'm sure there are things that they're going to talk about, go ahead and make some adjustments so that if they do play Ottawa in the future here, which they probably might at Nationals, then they will be ready. But Warner was definitely in this one. Uh, it just, I mean, when it came down to it, Ottawa was ready. You know, they did their film and whatnot. Uh, came up with two interceptions in this fourth quarter. And then Madison Carrera just having a very, very nice game here. Uh, three touchdowns here in the fourth quarter alone. But definitely uh, under playmaker of the week consideration after this nice game here against Warner. Now the following day, March 16th, that is a Tuesday, we had Thomas versus Ottawa. To kick off the day, we had uh, about four games this day as well. Uh, two of those games were a doubleheader, so we'll talk about both of those at the same time after this one. But Thomas versus Ottawa here. Thomas, the new kids on the block, they upset number one Kaiser. Uh, well, in the Sun Conference, they're number one to start the season here uh, and then now we have Ottawa the other team in the national championship obviously Ottawa and Kaiser played each other last year in case you didn't know and Ottawa did win so Thomas here is playing the defending champs in Ottawa and so this was going to be a good test for both teams Ottawa you know playing a team like Thomas who is obviously a very good one and has been in our top four rankings for a bit now since week two uh, and then Thomas obviously playing Ottawa that is the number one team in our rankings uh, since the preseason so there you go there but here we go so a bad snap by Ottawa would unfortunately get this game started. Um, Ottawa on offense, obviously, that would kind of put them in a bad spot. Uh, they would not be able to recover from this as they do end up punting. Thomas as well, though, they are struggling to move the ball as well. So we have a little bit of a defensive battle here, uh, but Thomas does go three and out here. And then Ottawa, they are back on offense here, but Thomas's Jada Reese gets a pretty big sack that puts Ottawa in a pretty tough situation. Um, a pass back to Madison Carrera, who then scrambles out, um, basically gets them out of that situation, and they would get the first down. So they go ahead and, you know, erase that situation. Uh, and Ottawa here is kind of going with a couple, I, I wouldn't say gimmicky plays, but, you know, they have a couple folds to their plays for sure here to battle this tough Thomas defense that hasn't given defense or offenses, posing offenses, much to work with these last a couple weeks to start the season. And so um, after that play, they do a double pass that eventually comes back to Madison Carrera, the quarterback, who then finds number three, Alyssa Linkus, for a first down and puts them in Thomas territory for the first time in this game. Uh, after that, there's another pass back to Carrera who opens her up and she rushes for about 10 yards and that will put them in 
the red zone here. Now, right before the first quarter ends here, Ottawa would score a touchdown pass here. Carrera finds Zelinkis in the back, but a penalty is called, and that is on the center, which brings back that Ottawa touchdown. And that will kind of sting as Thomas does end up standing strong in the red zone, bringing up a really nice pass in the back of the end zone there. Uh, just a very good contested catch there. Um, or, well, I guess that would actually be a pass breakup in the back of the end zone. Excuse me there. And so Thomas stands strong and forces a turnover on downs on fourth down. But, you know, Thomas, they are struggling a little bit here. And they do end up punting back to Ottawa here. Part of that is in thanks to a great pass deflection by Fairmouth uh, of Ottawa. And so, there you go. But for a little bit here, you know, Ottawa is back to struggling as they do punt. Um, Thomas, great flag pulling, by the way. You know, just really letting them uh, throw it short and forcing them to, uh, you know, make plays after that. Which, uh, I mean, Thomas, they're good at tackling. And so, they go ahead and uh, stop them there and force another punt. So Thomas, they have the ball, and here we go. Uh, Shelby Hartley, the quarterback for Thomas University, finds her center. I believe it's uh, Margarita Pena, who then flips it and gets Thomas into Ottawa territory for the first time today. A couple plays later, Hartley finds Jordan, I want to say it's Martinowski, on a quick hitch route that gives uh, Thomas the first down and then also puts them in the red zone here. Then here we go, Shelby Hartley, she is on the run, gets away from the pressure, finds Brittany Delva, who finds a soft spot in this tough Ottawa zone, and goes ahead and scores a touchdown for the Thomas lead. Now, they don't get the conversion, but Thomas does lead 6 to zero here now right before half you know thomas uh they give the ball back to ottawa and they are swarming on defense here thomas makes ottawa a little uncomfortable here with the tackle for loss early on on this drive but ottawa would get back some of that yardage and that would eventually set up a fourth and short where madison carrera would then find clara bodaway on a quick pass for a clutch first down play but unfortunately, after that, Ottawa can't get anything going. And that is basically the first half. Thomas leads 6-0 in a very tough defensive of... I mean, just a very tough defensive game here, um, played by both teams, making a lot of plays and not allowing the other team uh, to do too much here. So there you go there. But... Start of the third quarter, Thomas, they have the ball. They are on offense with the chance to go ahead and, you know, take a two-score lead. And that is exactly what they do here. Uh, first off, they throw it to Brittany Delva, who gets the catch and gets the first down. Then after that, here's what goes down. Hartley throws it to Pena, who then pitches it to Delva, who takes it 40-plus yards for a Thomas touchdown here just absolutely scorching the defense there and getting the edge on them and that is all she needed as thomas goes ahead and takes a commanding or at least it feels like a commanding 12-0 lead in this short well not short game but in this low scoring type of game so far here wouldn't get the conversion, so it stays at 12-0 you got to remember both defenses are playing tough so every score matters here so here we go ottawa they take over on offense and honestly they are struggling to move the ball as they eventually punt before they could get past 
midfield here. Thomas just not allowing a lot on defense, you know. it's kind of It kind of felt like they had their number right then, you know. They knew what plays they were calling, and uh, they were on it. You know, they did their film work, obviously, here. Now, Thomas, they have the ball. This is what we know about Thomas. They play good defense, and then they just drain the clock. That's what they do. You know, that's honestly what they do. And so when you are down against a team like Thomas, you got to make the best out of every offensive opportunities you get because, you know, just uh, Thomas, their way of playing, they're going to use up as much of the clock as possible and not give you opportunities that way. And so here we go. Kieran Knight, she gets the party started, makes a nice catch, and gives Thomas the first down uh, while also putting them in Ottawa territory, keeping this drive alive here. Um, but... Something kind of interesting happened. It looks like there was a little bit of a delay. Uh, they ran a pass play, and then um, then they went on a lightning delay, basically. And so about an hour or two, probably closer to two hours later, here we go again. A very, very long rest for both teams here. For Ottawa, you know, um, I would probably think that they would use this as an opportunity to treat this game differently. Like the game just reset for them. And then for Thomas, I mean, you're really hoping to just keep it going. It also feels like the game probably reset for them. But they have the lead and they have time to kill. And so that's the big thing here. And so here we go. Two hours later, Hartley finds Brittany Delva for a short pass there. Like I said, using as much of the clock as possible. A lot of short passes, booting a very, very long drive here. Uh, Hartley then throws the ball. Thomas, it looks like they... It looks like they think they have a touchdown, but the ref's really incomplete. I think the receiver stepped out. And Ottawa stands strong and survives. Takes over on offense here. So here we go. It's only a 12-point game, a two-score game, just barely. And so if Ottawa could score here before the fourth quarter, that'd be big. Um, or at least try to get a score early in the fourth quarter, uh, if anything. And so here we go. Madison Carrera. Finds Jaslyn Camacho for a nice 15-yard reception. A very strong catch in traffic, by the way. Um, that sets them up with a new set of downs. Really close to midfield. Not quite passive, but very close to it. But doesn't matter. Carrera finds Alyssa Linkus for a first down. And that crosses them into Thomas territory right as the third quarter ends. So here we go. Fourth quarter. They need a touchdown here to stay competitive in this game. And so Carrera finds her um, freshman receiver, Addie Orsburn, who gets a nice 5-plus yard gain on the check down here. But right after that, Carrera, she tries to find a short route here. But Sanaya Glover of Thomas University gets an interception, jumps the route completely. And she has open space and she takes off downfield and it goes for about 40 or 30 plus yards before somebody eventually tracks her down out of bounds here but the damage is done Sanaya Glover of Thomas University coming up with an extremely clutch extremely clutch interception made like I said by number one and gets a really nice return too that kind of hurts Ottawa a lot because now they are in Ottawa territory almost in the red zone at this point and so here we go Thomas they have a chance to take a three score lead and basically put this thing away and that is what they do as Shelby Hartley two 
Brittany Delva for a 15-plus yard touchdown. Brittany Delva making multiple defenders miss on this play as she rumbles in for the touchdown. They would also get the conversion, making this one a 19-0 game over the defending national champions, possibly putting a dagger in this one. But Ottawa, they have to reply back. If they don't, this one can get out of hand uh, very quickly here. You know, there's still a little bit of time. There's about nine-ish, eight minutes eight-ish minutes left in this game here, but they got to score quickly. And so here is what they do. Carrera finds Bailey Hodgins on a nice little throw on the run that crosses, the, crosses them back into Thomas territory once again. And then they're going hurry up at this point, so just keep that in mind. Carrera finds Alyssa Linkus, who makes a nice diving grab for about 10 yards. And then here we go. Madison Carrera eventually finds Clara Bodaway in the back of the end zone for a very quick touchdown for Ottawa Carrera will then find her receiver for the conversion, making it a 19-7 game here. Still a couple minutes left in this game. You know, Thomas, they got to run out the rest of this clock because Ottawa here, they are going here after a very, very quick offensive drive. So here we go. Thomas is honestly a little aggressive here on offense. They are going for the knockout blow for the haymaker. And so they throw deep, but they Barely miss on a deep pass. That was definitely open. And they throw another pass. That was incomplete. So two straight incomplete passes here. And then on fourth or third down, I think actually. On third down, uh, they try to pass it again. But Ottawa bats down this pass and forces a quick three and out here. Ottawa with a chance to score here. And then it would be a one score game. And so this is where it gets interesting. Ottawa takes over basically at midfield after the punt. So kind of a shorter field to work with here. They get a run and a catch, um, or they run a catch and pitch play, sorry. That's where the receiver catches the ball and then pitches it to another player. Get about 10 yards. Uh, that crosses them for sure into Thomas territory. Uh, like I said, they were kind of close to midfield, so not too much there. Then Ottawa, um, they are basically just running all short passes at this point. Going hurry up. Thomas is more than happy to let them complete these short passes, keep the clock going and whatnot here. Uh, Ottawa, you could tell that Carrera is trying to look for some deep ball opportunities, big play opportunities, but Thomas is not going to give that up. Not this, uh, not this quickly in the game. If anything, they want to force Ottawa to take all the short passes. Let Ottawa take all the time they need, run all the plays they need and whatnot, rather than, I mean, obviously, rather than Ottawa getting a big play in like five seconds and then you know Thomas is back on offense here and so this is a very good coaching strategy here by Thomas and so that's what Ottawa is doing eventually a bad penalty by Ottawa pushes them back another five yards and here we go Madison Carrera she takes a shot downfield attempts a shot downfield but like I said Thomas is there the pass is deflected and it almost results in a Thomas interception. It was really close. Instead, the two defenders collide into each other. And so there's a quick injury timeout here. Ultimately, though, it doesn't matter as that was fourth down. Carrera was trying to take that shot to get the conversion. And she could not. So here we go. This is the exact situation Thomas is built for. 
basically they're running out this clock here and so they have Janae Scott in at quarterback they're gonna run it when Janae Scott's in that quarterback they're probably gonna run it if not those short play um you know short passes here and there and so they direct snap it to her she runs it up the middle for a first down getting into Ottawa territory just like that and they are running out this clock here um there is a situation where Thomas at there it's fourth down Basically, you know, it's fourth down for Thomas uh, if they get the conversion that they're in the red zone. And so here's how it goes down. Hartley runs it down, throws it to Brittany Delva. By the way, Shelby Hartley fading away as she throws. A little fadeaway throw to uh, Brittany Delva, who just goes up and gets it. OBJ style for a one-handed catch for first down and the game. Thomas upsets the defending national champions, Ottawa 19-7 here. Thomas is now the only team in all of the NAIA to beat the two teams that made it to the national championship last year. Ottawa getting their first loss since last year to Kaiser. A little bit of deja vu here, uh, losing to a team in the Sun Conference. But obviously a little bit of a difference here as Thomas, the first year program, shocking the world here. Ranked like 5 or 6, I want to say, something like that, in the Sun Conference. Now, undisputed basically, number 1. And you know, that's going to affect our power rankings I do have an audio clip I want to play from the preseason. I did make a little bit of a prediction about Thomas. But you know what? I'm going to save that for the power rankings when I talk about those and all that. Because obviously, when the number one team in the country gets knocked off, you know, that's going to shake up some of these rankings. So we'll talk about that later in our power rankings section here. Anyways, while that was going down in Florida, in Tennessee, we have Cotty versus Milligan. Cotty traveling over to Milligan here in Tennessee for a little bit of a doubleheader here. And man, was it pouring. It was raining. Fields were slick. You know, uh, our homegirl, Kenzie Murdoch, part of the PMC fam, uh, one of our OGs, she said it was like playing on a slip and slide out there. And so basically it rained the entire time they played throughout both games. And so here I'm going to go ahead and talk about both games uh, back to back. I think it'll be easier that way. In the first game, it was a very close game. Like I said, it was a raining, so not too much really going here. I believe it got worse, actually, as, you know, as, uh, as this game went on but early on in the first quarter Milligan scores first with a big touchdown their quarterback Brooke Housley finds Maya and I want to say it's Yuri for a 34 yard touchdown strike to the back of the end zone they would also get the conversion making a seven making it a 7-0 game here Maya here just making an excellent catch here, having a step on the corner and uh, just making the catch and getting her feet in bounds as she did slide also about like five yards into the back of the end zone after that. Very fun play. You can look that up. I believe if you go to Milligan's Instagram, uh, you can find that play there. But that would prove to be huge there. Cotty, though, would score a touchdown in the second quarter, but unfortunately, they would miss the conversion. And that would basically be a lot of the action in this game. A lot of it happened in the first half. In the second half, you know, it was a very messy game. Um, obviously, messy as in, like, it was raining a lot. And, uh, you know, there were some missed plays here and there, some tough plays made. But Cotty, though, did put together kind of a nice drive near the end 
of the game here. Uh, look, they're only down by one point, so a touchdown wins it straight up. And so here at the end of the game, Cotty is driving downfield. They basically get into the red zone, and then basically they are within 10 yards of the end zone. So uh, it's uh, about, I want to say, fourth and goal here. They have a chance to score and win the game. But Milligan's Blakely Ollis gets a huge sack. She just absolutely tracks down the quarterback Kane for Cotty there and ends that drive a very close scare. But Milligan wins round one, seven to six, an absolute thriller in this rainy game. Now we got part two about an hour later. Still raining, like I said, no lightning, so they could still play through. But here's how it goes down in the first quarter. Cotty forces a turnover on downs. Cotty uh, is in the red zone actually after forcing that turnover and so they have a chance to score but Milligan does stop them and get the ball back here and so on offense Milligan's quarterback completes a nice pass over the middle for a nice 10 plus yard gain also if I don't say like names or jersey numbers it's because Milligan's camera was really far away <laughs> if I'm being completely honest so I could barely just make out some players also it's not exactly a team i'm super you know uh I, I would say super familiar with so forgive me for that uh we'll talk some stats here at the end of the game though so uh so yeah but uh, so anyways, that happens. 10 plus yard gain down the middle. Then the quarterback scrambles for another nice 10 plus yard gain. Then Cotty's defense comes up strong and stops them in the red zone after they've driven all the way down. And that forces a turnover on downs. That's basically all the action in the first quarter here in the second quarter. Cotty's quarterback, uh, I believe it's Kane, completes a long pass that puts them just about at midfield. It was about a 15 plus 20 plus yard pass here. Then right after that play, Cotty basically runs a triple option here. They would pitch it to the running back who goes ahead and takes it 50 plus yards to the house for a touchdown. She got the edge on the defense there. They don't get the conversion, but Cotty goes up 6 to 0 here. Milligan, not to be out down quite yet here in their own home, gets into the red zone thanks to a lot of very consistent, great short passes, built a very nice drive. They would eventually score a touchdown here and tie it at 6-6. Obviously, they do not get the conversion here. Um, Cotty, either back on offense. They throw an interception, and Milligan has the ball in the red zone, very close there, and Milligan doesn't let this opportunity go to waste as they make it happen and score a touchdown. But once again, miss the conversion here. Still, though, they have the lead 12 to 6. Now, right right before the end of the half, Cotty catches Milligan slipping. And on a play action, misdirection uh, type of play, they find a receiver wide open downfield for a 50-plus yard touchdown tying the game and then Cotty they would go ahead and get the conversion to retake the lead right before half Cotty leads this one 13 to 12 going into the third quarter in the third quarter Cotty they have the ball they move it into Milligan territory on a very steady drive here they would eventually finish that drive off with a touchdown making it 9 to 12 kind of a long drive there for Cotty there and then uh, basically Milligan they can't get too much going here in the third quarter and so uh, we're gonna go ahead and go into the fourth quarter here and in the fourth quarter Cotty 
gets two big pass plays, both to the corner uh, of the fields here, to go ahead and get into Milligan territory. Unfortunately, a penalty would push them out of the red zone, but it does not matter as Kane finds a receiver on a drag route, who goes ahead and takes this one to the house for a 20-plus yard uh, touchdown reception making it 25 to 20, 12, oh, 25 sorry to 12 and then Cotty would go ahead and get the conversion making it 26 to 12 with a dominant 14 point lead here in the fourth quarter Milligan they are trying to score here get something going they could score one touchdown they could make it a one score game but Cotty's defense stands strong stops another Milligan drive and so they punt to Cotty Cotty on offense, they can't get something going though, and so they go three and out, and they punt it back, basically, to Milligan, and Milligan, they are not out of it just yet, as their quarterback does throw a laser over the middle for a first down, and puts them in Cotty territory uh, after that, uh, just about a 20 plus yard reception, uh, right after that play, they get another 10 plus yard reception, Milligan, I don't believe, is quite yet in the red zone. They're probably really close here. And so they take a shot into the end zone, but the Cotty defense is there. The ball wasn't the greatest ball of thrown there, and so that's a pretty easy Cotty interception, basically killing that comeback opportunity, and that would be game as Cotty gets their first dub of the season, winning 26-12. Each of these teams actually getting the first dubs of the season uh, here, splitting this double header. So congrats to both teams. Um, first off, I mean, obviously, you don't ever want to have a winless season, but getting the first dub here midway through the season is never a bad thing there. So once again, Milligan wins round one of this doubleheader, 7-6. Cotty comes back and wins 26-12. to uh, Obviously, probably had a chance to win that first one, but, you know, things happen. And so there you go there. That is the doubleheader there. Before we go back to Florida and talk about our second-to-last game of this week. And that second-to-last game also happens to be Ottawa's last game of the road trip, I believe. And that is Weber versus Ottawa. This was happening during part of that second Cotty game, I believe. Uh, so there you go there. And so here we go. Weber looking for an upset here. Ottawa reeling just a little bit after that Thomas loss, even though it was a close one. But you got to remember, Ottawa did beat Warner the day before here. So they're not quite out of it. They would, they would still leave Florida with a dub here. And so Weber, they're really just trying to finish off this last week of great football here with an upset. And this would be a big one. So here we go. In the first quarter, Weber with the ball on offense here. They are going down the field. Sam Wilson, obviously at quarterback. Sierra Harris kind of playing that uh, utility role here. And unfortunately, this one does not go Weber's way. As Wilson kind of tries to force this uh, pass here. Uh, and it is picked off. Brianna Beto, I want to say, of Ottawa gets the interception after Sam Wilson tried to take a shot downfield. Now, Ottawa, they're trying to drive here downfield. But then Sierra Harris makes a fantastic diving interception after the ball was tipped to go ahead and kill that Ottawa offensive drive. And so right on the next play here, Sierra Harris, she has the ball. Um, it's a direct slap. She gets it and pitches it to Kayla Burrows, who takes about 20 plus yards into the red zone here 
Weber in Ottawa territory in the red zone, like I said. And so here we go. Sam Wilson gets the ball and completes a pretty easy short pass to Caleb Burrows, who goes ahead and gets a touchdown and the lead here. Now, they try to get the conversion, but Ottawa intercepts the conversion. Obviously, you can't return, um, you know, an extra point attempt here. So, Weber settles for a 6-0 lead early in this game. Now, Ottawa, they're back on offense here. Madison Carrera fires Bailey Hodgins on a long pass along the sideline for about 20-plus yards. That puts them into Weber territory. A pretty good start to this drive, a good answer to that interception. OU, though, stalls out on offense. This Weber defense playing pretty well here. And so Weber actually takes over with a turnover on downs after a failed fourth down conversion here. And so here we go. Wilson finds Breeza Robinson on a reception. Uh, she gets them really close to midfield. Does get them a first down, though. Um, Weber, though, they find themselves in a third down situation a couple plays later. They take a shot on third uh, knowing they just need a couple yards for the first down. They don't get it. Ottawa was ready for that. Um, and so that brings up a fourth down here. That would basically be the end of the first quarter. You know, Weber with a 6-0 lead driving here on Ottawa. And so in the second quarter, it is fourth down around midfield. Ottawa sends a blitz. And this is a beautiful read here. Sam Wilson read it perfectly. Knew that they were blitzing more than one. And so she automatically hits Breeza Robinson very quickly on a very quick hitter. Who goes ahead and catches the ball. And then gets a couple more yards after that for a nice 20 plus yard reception. When all was said and done. That puts them about a yard or two short of the end zone. And so not only does Ottawa not stop them on fourth down but they basically give them a red zone opportunity opportunity here and so here's what goes down wilson she checks it down to sierra harris makes a little bit of magic happens uh, throws in a spin move makes a defender miss gets about five plus yards on the reception but unfortunately weber cannot get the touchdown as ultimately wilson does slightly overthrow it on fourth down and ottawa gets the ball back but Ottawa though they can't get it going either as they go three and out after only completing two passes on this drive you know just great flag pulling by Weber those two passes were very short passes so not a lot of damage was done there and so Weber really forcing Ottawa to work for it here anyways though Weber they have the ball here's what goes down we have a quick catch and pitch to Sierra Harris, um, I don't know who caught it, but they would eventually pitch it to Harris, who gets Weber back into OU territory after a very, very long play on that one. After that, Wilson then finds Breeza Robinson on a pretty big time fourth down conversion to put Weber officially in the red zone and with a new set of downs here. Uh, they would call a pass interference call on Ottawa in the red zone um, on a play which would give Weber another chance, but... Ultimately, it doesn't matter as Ottawa, again, holds strong in the red zone, not allowing any yards after the catch. And they basically crowd the red zone here and bat down the ball. And so Ottawa would get the ball back here. Gotta keep in mind, it's a pretty close game. It's 6-0 to zero here. But one of these teams, they eventually gotta start converting in the red zone. That's kind of the story of this game here, at least so far. So there you go there. Ottawa, they are trying to drive here. Unfortunately, they just barely run out of time. They do enter uh, Weber territory. Uh, Carrera does find Camacho, who gets them there. But they run out of time, and that's the end of the half. 
Weber leading this one. Very close. 6-0. Very similar to that Thomas game. Here in the third quarter, though, Ottawa, they get the ball and they go three and out. Not finding too much to work with here. But Weber, they're trying to take advantage of the situation here. Uh, you know, they've got a couple stops, stops on Ottawa, but they haven't been able to convert those into touchdowns. That changes when Sam Wilson finds Sierra Harris on a tight slate throw. Almost ill-advised, but it doesn't matter as she makes the play. And Sierra Harris basically breaks this one and almost brings it to the house. But, you know, they settle for a 40-plus yard reception as they do eventually track her down. Uh, but at this point, the damage is done. Weber is really close uh, to the red zone, about 10 or so yards away. And so here's what happens. Wilson rolls out left and finds Breeza Robinson, who leaps. And I mean, she high points this thing for a very short touchdown reception. Regardless, though, it's a touchdown. Um, they do miss uh, the conversion. It was pretty wild wide open i think the pass was just off here but they do miss a wide open conversion here doesn't matter though weber will take the 12 to 0 lead finally capitalizing on an ottawa three and out here so here we go ottawa they have the ball they're not out of this game you know last game they're in a similar situation where they were down by two scores in the third quarter and so they know they got to score probably in this third quarter so that they do have a good chance at winning this game and so here we go. The pressure is on. Madison Carrera finds Jasmine Camacho on the run, who gets the first on a nice 15-plus yard reception along the sideline to get this offense and drive going. After that, Carrera on the run once again finds Hodgins on the other side of the field, almost throws across her body, or I think she does throw across her body, who goes ahead and makes a great catch and gets Ottawa uh, the first down, or at least it looks that way as they do overturn it, uh, overturn that call, and Weber actually gets the ball back on that fourth down try. Uh, like I said, it looked a lot like Hodgins got in bounds, but I guess she might have stepped out of bounds there as Carrera was rolling left and had to throw right there, and so probably not the greatest pass there. This drive in general for Ottawa was pretty sloppy. Um, the freshman receiver, freshman running back lost them a couple yards on that drive on a dropped pass and also tripping over herself on that, or at least it looked like she did uh, on that drive. And so that kind of hurt Ottawa's chances here. You know, some just dumb mistakes, honestly. So there you go there. there. But Weber, they take over. You know, they're kind of looking to put Ottawa away here. You know, they don't want to let Ottawa, the national champs, stick around here. They're looking for a little bit of a haymaker type of blow. Not quite the knockout blow, but a haymaker blow here that would, you know, at least make them feel a little bit comfortable going into the fourth quarter and so that's what they do sam wilson at quarterback finds a receiver who then pitches it to sierra harris who gets loose again and gets it into the red zone off a nice 30 plus yard play here sierra harris honestly just making ottawa suffer just a little bit here with some big plays in the second half uh big chunk plays that have set weber up into pretty manageable scoring positions here and so here's how this drive ends here they direct snap it to Burroughs who was lined up at running back uh, and she basically walks it in for a touchdown there 
after that on the conversion Sam Wilson spins out of a defender uh, out of their grass and then basically walks it in for the conversion Weber up 19 to 0 before the third quarter ends but it is not over yet as Ottawa they are trying to drive downfield and then Caleb Burroughs gets a huge interception for Weber here and Weber they're not gonna say no to these opportunities as they do find Hayden Roop in the back of the end zone for a touchdown number seven making that grab there for Weber Wilson uh just making a great throw, finding her all alone in the back of the end zone there. They don't get the conversion, but they are up 26-0. A big third quarter for this Weber team. At this point, this game is basically over here. Um, Ottawa, they eventually put in their backups. That wouldn't stop Kayla Burrows, though, as she would get a huge pick six uh, in this fourth quarter, picking off uh, the Ottawa backup here. Uh, and she would score a touchdown. They wouldn't get the conversion here, so Weber would basically be leading 31-0, and that would actually be the final score as Weber with a statement win, 31-0 over Ottawa, handing Ottawa their worst win, not only of this season, but in program history here. Uh, losing 31 to 0. Um, up until this point, no team has actually beat Ottawa by more than one score, I think, actually. Because Ottawa, they only lost to Kaiser by a score. So there you go there. Uh, Weber coming alive here mid-season here. They really needed this week. And like I said, you know, I said this last week on the recap episode. If they could run the table... They could be pretty dangerous. That is exactly what they do here. We'll talk more about what this means for our rankings here in our power ranking section. So we'll keep this one going as Weber does get a big dub over Ottawa. Ottawa going 1-2 and two on their Florida trip. Beating Warner, though, a solid team. So, no, you know, you can't be uh, disappointed about that. They still beat Warner, so that's pretty good. Um, and then they did lose to a Thomas team in a very close game here. They did have a couple chances to win this one honestly so that's a bit winnable one before just absolutely getting smacked around by Weber who was very confident coming into this game I heard a lot of stories about this Weber team just being very confident coming into this team and also having a pretty good crowd here you know Weber kind of winning this one for the state of Florida a big dub here so uh there you go there but that is all for this week, at least uh, Florida football-wise. Let's go ahead and go to Kansas here. So this is March 17th. That is today. I just saw the game and whatnot. March 17th in Kansas. We had Midland at St. Mary here. Um, a very, this should be a good game here. I mean, we knew that going in last year. There's a little bit of a rivalry. You know, they would basically trade wins and losses with each other. So, you know, this was going to be a big one. Midland, uh, not having played a game since that Ottawa game from a couple weeks ago. They did have to cancel um, a home game against Ottawa due to bad weather there. St. Mary's, though, they are 1-1, one one, I believe, on the season. Did lose uh, a kind of a closer one to Ottawa. You know, I don't think the score really reflects how that game truly went. Uh, but they did go ahead and win over Cotty College, I believe. Yes, they did win over Cotty. So there you go there. Midland, though, still winless on the season. So here we go. 
in this game. First off, I, I just got to comment this. Both teams wore blue, so someone messed up. Uh, someone didn't do their job right, but both teams wore blue, so I don't know why they did that, but it was definitely hard kind of telling the difference, as the only difference between these uniforms is their numbers, and even then, St. Mary's numbers are yellow, and Midland's numbers are orange, and so... I did my best, so if I get any like numbers wrong and whatnot, I apologize on that. Um, they're also kind of hard to see, at least from the angle on the live stream. So I'm just gonna throw that out there right now because I'm uh, I'm not trying to get clowned on. But anyways, to start this game, St. Mary's, they are on offense and they go three and out. Um, a couple missed opportunities here. They had a dropped pass. They had uh, their receiver, Caroline Simpson, pretty open down the field on a deep pass. Uh, she had a couple steps on her defensive uh, back as well, but the ball was just overthrown here. And so with that, St. Mary's does go three and out on the first offensive drive of this game did just want to say this though uh shannon cooley number seven their receiver was not available for this game either so i found that really interesting here uh, as she was not available for the first two games of their season either so we'll definitely be tracking that as she is probably their number one receiver and one of the biggest parts of this offense so there you go there now midland they are on offense and they are going with angel iowain at quarterback it looks like she's the starter um well she was the starter for this whole game and she may be the starter for the rest of the season we will see but um she gets this party started finding Sade Irvin who kind of had a pretty big game this game um who goes ahead and takes a nice little dump off pass for about 15 plus yards that would put them in USM territory here and here we go midland they are throwing a lot of short passes here very methodical good drive for midland here and a good drive by uh angel iowain at quarterback by the way but basically this drive would end with angel finding casey thompson pretty open in the end zone for a nice touchdown reception they would miss the conversion but doesn't matter midland leads 6-0 with about eight minutes left in the first quarter now uh saint mary on offense cheyenne galbraith finds caroline simpson on a nice 10 yard reception making it third and 10 after that galbraith does scramble for about 15 yards for the first down uh and they're about at midfield she would scramble again after that but a penalty on that script on that uh play will basically push them past midfield again but doesn't matter as they would throw it to caroline simpson who gets them past midfield and a little bit more on a 10 yard reception this would set up kind of a third and long a third and 20 type of sitch for usm here galbraith finds simpson again on the run for a nice 10 plus yard reception bringing up a fourth down uh, opportunity here no surprise they didn't go for it it was about a fourth and ten sitch here but st mary's they uh they like to punt the ball here and uh, pin midland back and so here we go midland back on offense they hand it off to Shade irvin who rips off a nice 15 yard run on this handoff but right before the quarter ends, Angel Iowain scrambles out of the pass rush, gets right up to the line of scrimmage, doesn't cross it though, and just launches a bomb, finding Michaela Nunez, number six, 40 plus yards 
downfield for a huge touchdown. They will get the conversion as well, making it 13-0, to a big-time play here that would really get some separation um, between Midland and St. Mary here. Uh, so here we go. It's the second quarter after that big play. USM takes over. Um, they get the first down, but then right after that, almost throw a pick, um, which was basically thrown directly to Cheyenne Durand. Uh, I don't think she was expecting that, that one as she drops an easy interception, potentially even pick six as well. Um, but it doesn't matter as USM does take some shots down the field, and honestly, they're just not connecting on these. Um, these aren't exactly the most open throws either, and so, you know, USM kind of pays for their aggressiveness uh, instead of building a drive here, and so they do decide to punt. But that is okay, as uh, USM's defense would actually stand kind of strong here. Ashlyn Tuss making a really nice Pass deflection in one-on-one coverage versus Cheyenne Duran on third down, uh, or sorry, on second down. And then on third down, uh, they would not be able to complete a pass there. And so that would force a Midland punt uh, to start basically the second quarter. Now, Galbraith at quarterback for uh, USM. She scrambles for a first down, gets them into Midland territory. A couple plays later, they are in a fourth and short situation. Uh, they try to get the ball to her check down. I believe it's her center, but it looks like the refs called uh, her down, the quarterback down, first on a sack. They say that the defender got there and pulled her flag before she could complete the pass. And so Midland takes over on offense. And here we go, Angel Idaway finds her receiver in rhythm on a nice slant route that gets them the first down and pass midfield but here is what happens here you know midland they're trying to score here they're trying to make it a three score game right before the quarter ends but ashlyn tuss makes an amazing interception leaped up high pointed it basically and tipped the ball to herself gets the interception and potentially stops a midland touchdown i'm gonna be honest uh, i feel like this ball was probably gonna be overthrown anyways but Tusk goes ahead and makes Angel Iowain pay on this errant throw here and gives USM, um, actually, an opportunity to score right before half. And so here's how it goes down. Uh, you gotta keep in mind, USM is still on the other side of the field, and so they're not even in Midland territory yet. Until Ashlyn Tusk does it again, being a playmaker, makes a big-time jump ball, basically wrestles the ball out of the safety's hands for a nice 30-plus yard reception that would get them into Midland territory. Now, you got to keep in mind, there are, there's about 50 seconds left in the quarter when Tuss made that interception, and so the clock is ticking at this point. But here we go on the last play of the half. Ashlyn Tuss comes in clutch and wins a one-on-one -on -one battle, just absolutely beating the DB and snagging a 40-yard touchdown in the back of the end zone. USM doesn't get the conversion, but they get something thanks to Ashlyn Tuss. Not only getting the interception, but getting a touchdown. That was not even bad defense. It was heavily contested. At the end of the day, Tuss just made the catch and just um, won that battle. So there you go, going into halftime. It is 13-6. Midland, though, still with 
the lead. Now, in the third quarter, on the second play of this offensive drive and of the half, Midland throws it deep down the sideline, finding their receiver. I want to say it was Allison Malfair who catches it, and there are two defenders there, but it does not matter as she absolutely just scorches the defense, outruns them for a 50-plus yard touchdown reception, making it 19-6 to here. They wouldn't get the conversion, though, but... Still, though, with a 13-point lead over St. Mary to basically start off this second half here. USM, though, they would start this drive with kind of a not, not a great start. You know, they would have a dropped hand handoff that would push them back five yards. But it does not matter as they throw it. Galbraith throws it, throws it to Ashlyn Tuss, once again, making a big play here, takes a slant route, uh, 70 plus yards to the house for arguably the biggest play of this collegiate season uh, out of all the teams that have played so far. But she goes ahead and takes this one 70 plus yards to the house for a big St. Mary touchdown here. They wouldn't get the conversion, but they're within striking distance at 19 to 12 here. Ashlyn Tuss, more like Ashlyn Tress, because you gotta trust her with the ball in her hands, because she is playmaking, keeping St. Mary in this game here so far. Midland, on the other hand, they have a playmaker of their own, and her name is Sade Turbo Irvin. She starts the drive with a nice 20-yard rush here. Midland, they are in a fourth down situation, though, after a couple plays, and they call play to their playmaker, Irvin, who does get stopped, stuffed in the backfield here, and so St. Mary's actually takes over at midfield, making Midland uh, pay for that missed opportunity, missed conversion, and here's how they made them pay, but first off, Midland sacks Galbraith on second down for good measure, but like I said, you know, St. Mary. Not panicking. There's no reason to. You know, if they get a touchdown, they have a chance to tie this one. And so that's kind of what they do. They go ahead and Galbraith finds her receiver, number eight, Jerrica Johnson, over the middle, who goes ahead and breaks that one loose for a 50-yard touchdown. St. Mary would actually also get the conversion as well. And just like that, you got a tied ball game here. 19-19 to with 4 minutes 48 seconds left in the third. Uh, you gotta remember, at one point in this quarter, by the way, not even this game, but in this third quarter, Midland was up 19-6. to In a matter of minutes, St. Mary basically went ahead and tied this game up, scoring two touchdowns. So, very big third quarter here for both teams actually and here's how it goes down angel iowa and this midland offense they take over their driving and they find themselves with a fourth down situation and so here's what happens they're around midfield angel iowa she throws it to mawfair it looks like it was a quick slant here and mawfair goes ahead and breaks loose for a 50 yard touchdown on fourth down here midland does miss the conversion but they strike back real quick with a big play of their own 25 to 19 midland leads here this third quarter is a quarter of big plays. You have a lot of big plays here. Even at the end of that half, if it wasn't for Ashland Tuss for St. Mary making this one competitive here, you know, they probably wouldn't be in this game right now. But a lot of big plays being made by both sides so far in this game. Now, St. Mary, they have a chance to tie it up again. They're on offense, but unfortunately, a penalty 
does hurt them. Uh, they take a deep shot on third down, but it is batted down. That sets up a fourth situation fourth down situation here um but it does look like it's a fourth and five here i was a little bit surprised that they didn't go for it here uh and so you know just a little bit surprised but they punt it and midland does return it to about midfield but it doesn't matter as ashland tuss ashland trust makes an interception and they get the ball back without midland scoring or without really getting too many yards and using up the clock here and so saint mary usm with a very good opportunity to score and tie this one up and so here's how it goes down shine galbraith hangs tough in the pocket against the pass rush Finds Caroline Simpson, who, by the way, makes a contested catch. Just absolutely outmuscles her DB for that catch and gets them the first down into the red zone on a nice 15-plus yard reception. Um, a couple plays later, Galbraith rolling out right, finds her receiver. I believe it's Dair Stelius, who goes ahead and scores on a nice quick 10-yard touchdown here. And that would tie the game here at 25-25. Now, they wouldn't get the conversion here. And so, you know, a, a little bit of a missed opportunity. But regardless, they are back in it. It is a tied game here. And so Midland trying to respond back here. Angel Iowain, you know, kind of a very up and down game so far here. Uh, she she makes a very conservative and the right decision, dumping it off to Sade Irvin, who makes a play and takes a 40 plus yards off this swing route into the end zone basically basically right here it's like first and five uh first and goal and they would go ahead and hand it off to Irvin who would run it in herself for a touchdown uh Midland though once again missing the conversion so it is still a six point game 31 to 25 you know USM is not out of it and so here we go USM with a chance to score Potentially take the lead if they get the conversion, but they're just trying to score here. Galbraith, she scrambles for the first down on the first play of the drive, getting this uh, drive going here. But after that, pressure gets to Galbraith on second down. She tries to throw the dump off pass uh, to her center, but she catches it and she does slip. Unfortunately, this is for a loss, and so this puts them in kind of a tough situation here. On third and 12, they try to throw the slant route. They miss it. And because of that, they do have to punt as it is 4th and 12. Uh, and they haven't passed the midfield yet. This was a turning point here as Midland's defense does stand strong. You know, they force a couple bad plays here. Uh, getting pressure on Galbraith here. And so here's what happens. You know, they decide to hand it off to Sade Irvin. And she almost breaks this one to the house again as she gets another 40 plus yard rush that puts them into USM territory here uh, on the other side of the field. And then after that, Midland would score a 30 plus yard touchdown reception. Couldn't see who they threw it to, but they scored a touchdown here. And this time, get the conversion, taking a 38 to 25 lead. That would basically put this one away here. USM, they are taking deep shots down the field, but. They are just not able to complete anything here. And so that will basically be game as Midland runs out the clock and gets their first dub of the season, 38-25 to 25 here over the University of St. Mary. 
altogether, you this was a really close game. This was a shootout here. Uh, obviously, we have USM inside the top 10. Midland has been looking outside the top 10 for a minute here. And so that will change with our power rankings as well. As our rankings are basically shaking up all together there. As a lot of games happen, a lot of upsets happen. A lot of teams that needed dubs got them. Uh, some teams who didn't need them got them as well. Um, or sorry, didn't need L's, got L's, so, you know, there you go, but that basically wraps up all the week five games here, coming up next, we are going to talk power rankings, they are absolutely crazy here, coming up next. Alright, what's good y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. Let's go ahead and hop into the power rankings for week 5 here, or after week 5, I guess would be the more appropriate thing here. And so, uh, this is as of March 17th, and so obviously we've kept in mind all the games from this past weekend. Uh, just and week but just as a refresher let me go ahead and talk about the week four power rankings what they were last week because they're going to change a lot so in week four at number one was ottawa at number two was kaiser three was thomas four was saint thomas five was warner six was saint mary's seven was kansas wesleyan eight was weber nine was florida memorial 10 was Cotty, 11 was milligan and 12 was was Midland, and then 13, last was Xavier, alright, and so for this week's power rankings, here's how it's going to go down, um, myself and my other co-host Cody Stoffer, we basically both made up our own power rankings, but then after a minute, we decided that we're just going to talk it out, and whatnot, and so uh, he's not here right now, but we did talk on the phone, and made our official Playmakers Corner power rankings, kind of based off of where we had each team, and so how is it going to go down, is that I'm going to talk about where we ranked each team and whatnot and then I'm gonna give reasons for why each team was ranked where they were and whatnot and where myself and Cody had them uh, team by team so you know if a team is ranked number three but Cody might have them at five I might have them at two then you know we'll talk about why we have them at two and five and then you know how we agreed to number three on our power rankings for this week and this honestly with our rankings I mean we're taking in everything that we've seen in the season and whatnot, so we're keeping all of that in mind um, as we go on week by week. So yeah, but without further ado, let's go ahead and talk about the new power rankings, which are extremely shaken up after this electrifying week five matchup. And at number one, I have Thomas University, the first year program, the Nighthawks. Look, they beat Kaiser they beat Ottawa here, you know, what more could you ask for, they beat the two teams that made it to the national championship last year, and obviously, you know, one of them did win the national championship last year, Thomas is legit, I think teams need to start taking them a little bit more serious, seriously if they haven't yet, uh, I don't know how you couldn't by now, <laughs> to be completely honest with you, but they're legit, they're a legitimate contender here, a team that could definitely be in the national championship, 
And you know what? I actually have a little audio clip that I'm going to play uh, real quick here from our preview episode before the season. In the preseason, we talked about all the Sun Conference teams, all the KCAC teams. And, you know, I did say this about Thomas at the end of one of our Sun Conference previews. So uh, here you go. This was from episode 112. If you want to go ahead and look that up, it was a Twitch stream. So just keep that in mind. It's on YouTube and then obviously on, uh, well, wherever you can listen to podcasts. I'm going to throw this out there so that we could clip it just in case. I'm going to look right at the camera for this too. But I'm okay. going to throw this out there as well. Don't be surprised if Thomas University finds himself in the national championship this year. Or the conference championship this year. Either one. Uh, I think that's a team that high-key is as talented as they come. They have a very stacked roster. Obviously with a great coach out there as well. I, I'm just saying, they're kind of my dark horse team. If I had to pick one dark horse team, that's the team that I'm most comfortable picking. You know, so... Boom. There you go. I'm looking right at the camera. So future me or you, Cody or Mason, this is a very good clip right now. Yes, it was a very good clip. Now here, let me let me go ahead and uh, pump the brakes just a little bit. Thomas has not won the national championship. They haven't even won the conference championship. But getting this dub over Ottawa after, by the way, you beat Kaiser to open your season... I mean, it kind of looks good. The prediction kind of looks good. But don't get it twisted. They haven't won yet. If I'm a player on Thomas's team, on this Thomas University team right now, uh, I'm not satisfied. From here on out, teams are going to be gunning for you. You know, you are in a position of power and dominance right now at basically the top of the Sun Conference. And so... With that being said, you know, uh, I've looked to Thomas here in these next couple of weeks and we're going to see how they continue to get better and whatnot. Because you best believe once the Nationals come around, once that conference tournament comes around, you know, these teams are going to be prepared to battle a Thomas team that they know is capable of beating anybody in, in the country, period. So, you know, they, they're, they're a verified threat right now, and that's why they are at number one, as they did knock off the number one team in Ottawa. And so, there you go there. Uh, just so, you know, for context, last week we had Thomas at number three, right behind Kaiser and right behind Ottawa here. So, there you go. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read off Cody's reason for having Thomas here, word for word. So, this came from him. He said... The only team to be both of the championship participating teams from last year, obviously, land themselves at number one with one of the biggest upsets to date. I will acknowledge Coach V stating that Thomas could be a threat to win the championship this year, and they have put forth a very solid case through insane athleticism, stingy defense, and an opportunistic and athletic quarterback. And yeah, there you go. That's basically it. I thought there was more to it, but there is not. We both agree that Thomas is number one for now. You know, anything could change. Any team could be upset. And so we're just keeping all of that in mind. Thomas does have one loss on the season to St. Thomas. And remember, that was an overtime game. They lost 7-6 to six 
in that one. Now, we'll talk about St. Thomas later, but for now, you know, Thomas has beat very quality opponents, um, not just out of conference, but here, right here in the Sun Conference as well. Like I said, they beat Kaiser, they beat Weber and Warner University, you know, and then if we're talking out of conference, they beat Kansas Wesleyan and Ottawa. So, I think that goes without saying, they are number one for now. They're definitely a threat to be reckoned with. Now, moving on, at number two, we have Kaiser University right here at number two. Um, let me read off Cody's reason first. He said, it's a shame that we didn't get more Kaiser on the super eventful weekend, but there's nothing to punish them for. The only team to pass them is the team who defeated the number one squad in the country, Nuff said. I kind of agree here. Look, last week, actually, I didn't say this on the podcast. I said it off air. I said, if Ottawa loses at all this, uh, you know, this this last week here, I would probably lean towards putting Kaiser number one. I've really liked how they played this season, especially after that loss to Thomas. That loss to Thomas, it was tough, but Kaiser's going to see them again. They have one more matchup this regular season, so you just got to keep that in mind as, uh, you know, Kaiser right now is on a little bit of a break. So Kaiser at number two, but don't get it twisted. It is a very, very close number two. Now, number three, I put Ottawa. Well, we put Ottawa there. So they're our number three um, rated team in the country right now. I did personally have them rated number three. Cody actually had them rated number four, but we did talk about this one kind of for a bit Honestly, like, I, I was ar definitely arguing a little bit more for Ottawa's case. And so, let me go ahead and read off what Cody had to say. And then I'll talk about my case for Ottawa here at 3. And why we do, we did eventually agree on having them at 3 after week 5. But, Cody here, he said, after a very promising second half search, um... Surge, that is, sorry, not Surge. After a very promising second half surge to overcome Warner, Ottawa dropped its final two games of their Florida road trip, uh, ending with a 31-0 thrashing of the team who is now ahead of them. The big plays just weren't hitting down the stretch of this of these games here, and that's alright, but it does drop you in the power rankings. Carrera still has a very strong chance of winning MVP despite these two losses. That's why I put them at 4. I did put them at 3 here, just because I don't think I am going to drop them below um, the teams that we have here after them. I just can't see it. Ottawa still played very well against Warner. You know, they had an explosive fourth quarter, you know, went up by a lot. And so I don't want to punish them too much, um, but I am going to drop them just, we are going to drop them just below Thomas, who did beat them, obviously. And then Kaiser, who, you know, they didn't play, but as of right now, I think we're both feeling Kaiser a little bit more as they are playing in the Sun Conference. And so that kind of helps them out. But for now, Ottawa's at number three. This could definitely change a lot. Cody wanted me to say that. Uh, obviously, it could change every week, right? With teams that win, lose, all that great stuff. But this one could definitely change here. Ottawa, look, I don't think it's panic mode at all. I think, you know, they needed these two losses, in my opinion. I think it's not a bad thing to lose, especially twice. You know, it's one thing to lose a close game. You know, you could be like, all right, there are definitely a couple of things to work on. But it is eye-opening to get blown out 31-0. to zero. It truly is. Look, 
every team loses, but there are different. There, there's definitely different ways of losing and different lessons to be learned with each of those. And so, in my opinion, here's how I see it. Probably around this time last year, you know, kind of near the midway point of their season, uh, Ottawa did lose to Kaiser. Now, you got to keep that in mind. A couple months later, Ottawa went to Nationals, you know, and then found Kaiser in the National Championship, and they beat them. It was close, but they beat them, um, you know, that time there at Nationals. And so that was a pretty big deal, right? We're seeing some similar parallels here. You know, they lost to Thomas, obviously, here. That was a pretty close game. Definitely a winnable one, you know, but Thomas, they have great clock management. We all know that. And then with Weber here, you know, we knew what Weber was capable of. It took them a little bit to get going. That's why they weren't ranked super high here. But eventually, they got into the rhythm. Look, a conversation that myself and Cody kind of had a lot, you know, these last couple weeks as Weber was slipping. They were losing games, you know, due to some inexperience at quarterback and uh, some sloppy quarterback play in general. And, and just on the offense as well, you know, they could have been clicking better together as a unit. Uh, something that Cody was definitely on about was that he was pretty disappointed in how Weber uh, was starting the season, to be fair. And I was too, but he was definitely a little bit tougher on them and I would just say look you know they're not even at the midway point yet this week five it could change everything for them you know if they can't get it going after week five then this season's kind of just a tough season for them you know it sucks but it is what it is you know they're gonna have to treat this one as kind of a growing season if they can't get some significant dubs here in week five but regardless I still said just wait and see now, let's see what Weber could do here. And, you know, Weber, they got it going. This week five was the week that they needed. They played four or five games this week, and they truly found the rhythm, and now they're going. You know, and if it doesn't show with this beatdown of Ottawa, then I don't know what else to tell you there. But let's keep it 100, you know. Ottawa is still the defending national champs until they lose at nationals. Let's keep it 100, you know, a regular season game doesn't decide how the rest of their season goes, and it doesn't decide, well, obviously, it didn't decide them winning um, the national championship last year. They're still national champs, don't get it twisted. And so, if I'm Ottawa, you know, hey, 31-0, that should be on somebody's chalkboard, because you should take that personally, honestly, you know. Uh, that is definitely the worst loss in program history and whatnot, and so there's definitely good motivation there for Ottawa to use moving on throughout the rest of the season as they go back to Kansas playing the KCAC. Uh, I assume eventually get to the conference championship and all that stuff, and so just keep that in mind, Ottawa. Keep your heads up. Uh, honestly, I think this is just a very good lesson for them and potentially a little bit of a villain backstory going here, you know, or redemption arc, wh whichever, you know, whichever way you want to see it. Uh, villain backstory, redemption arc here for Ottawa after taking these two losses, but for now, I think number three is fair because I can't put them over our number four team here and at number four uh, myself and Cody agreed to have Weber right here last week Weber uh, and well really not just last week but the last couple weeks Weber has been basically chilling at number eight you know we weren't gonna drop them below Florida Memorial but there really wasn't any way we could put them over Kansas Wesleyan or St. Mary's. Well, Weber, I mean, look, they go ahead and they beat, right? They go ahead and beat number 11 Milligan twice. 
both blowouts, right? They beat Kansas Wesleyan, who was ahead of them, 26-7. to And then they make a statement, Dub, and uh, beat Ottawa 31-0. to No points allowed in that game. And so for that, you know, Weber, they get the respect they deserve. They move up here into the fourth spot here. Um, personally, I had them at number five. You know, I had them at five with St. Thomas at four. St. Thomas didn't play this last week, and so I didn't really feel like you know, moving them above them, plus St. Thomas did beat them, and so that's why I had Weber at 5 and not 4. Uh, Cody actually had Weber at number 3, and let me read his reasoning first here. He said, what a weekend for Weber. They came, they saw, they conquered. One win went a long way to what was a week to put their season right back on track, and after the thrashing of Ottawa, that lands them here at the number 3 spot. For Cody, by the way, not for the entire podcast at number three. But Cody did continue to say, um, you know, that's why uh, they're here at the number three spot here ahead of the defending champions. He said there's so much to talk about here, but I really want to shout out and congratulate the coaches for keeping the team together and showing these women some grit to turn their season around and be in the conversation for a contender. Weber is now one game over 500 after being in a very, very tough spot after a tough start to the season. And so that's why I had them at number three. Uh, personally, for me, I think that's a little bit of an overreaction. I think they're for sure at four right now. I think that's a well, I had them at five, but I think four is kind of the sweet spot. That's what we agreed on. You know, if you want to average out the, our, my rankings and Cody's rankings, that's what you get. And so our official podcast rankings, we have Weber at four after a really big weekend here. Now, I'm going to acknowledge they had a great week. You know, of football played the best football so far. But the reason I can't have them higher and the reason they're just at four is because unlike a lot of these teams here in the top five, you know, consistency it wasn't really the biggest issue. Consistency for Weber, you know, is probably the biggest issue so far. I mean, look, they were well below 500 below this week. Now they're a game above 500 and so that's not bad you know that's pretty good uh for now especially considering who they beat but you know we need to see a little bit more you know they need to continue to stack up their dubs week by week you know uh getting a bunch of wins in a row one week is one thing that's great obviously though you do have momentum going for you since there's not as much time in between these games just gotta throw that out there and so for me that's why they're at four for now they definitely have an opportunity to climb here, but they got to show that they're consistent. You know, they got to show that this last whole week wasn't a fluke for one week, right? And so that's why they're at four here. At number five, um, officially, we have St. Thomas here. Uh, like I said, I had St. Thomas at four um, ahead of Weber, and I had them at four just because, you know, I, I wasn't gonna punish them for not playing this week, they didn't play at all, and so that's kind of why they're here, uh, Cody had St. Thomas a little bit lower here, he actually had St. Thomas at six, and so, like I said, you know, St. Thomas for me, uh, they're at four, they're at six, you know, five is kind of that sweet spot, so that's what we agreed on here, uh, Cody's reason for putting St. Thomas at six in his own personal ranking 
rankings was that, you know, Weber's skyrocket in these rankings is the only reason STU falls down. They still have one of the most thrilling victories and what may have been the most exciting game of the season, but once again, I need to see them perform against the powerhouse that is Kaiser if I expect them to be the ones heading out of the Sun Conference. I uh, definitely agree with that. I mean, obviously, a win over Kaiser would catapult them uh pretty significantly ahead but for now you know St. Thomas is at five I think St. Thomas is a team uh you know that some teams and fans might be sleeping on just a little bit now recency bias is a big deal I'm just gonna throw that out there it's a big deal and so that's probably why you know they're a little bit lower here uh last week I mean St. Thomas they were basically right at Number four in our power ranking. So they really only drop one. Not the biggest drop in general. So boom, there you go. At number six, us as a podcast decided that uh, Warner University should be here. Uh, personally, I had Warner at six. So this is pretty fitting. Like I said, Cody had them at five. But for this, we did decide that they would be at six. Uh, let me read Cody's, uh, you know, reasons for why he had Warner at five here. He said Warner would have gotten a bigger boost here if everything um, didn't go wrong in the fourth war in the fourth quarter, sorry, against Ottawa. He said, you could still be happy with a terrifying win over Milligan. I feel like I've seen enough from this Warner team to know that it is a very solid program right now, but I want to see a big win over one of the defending champs for for some conviction of their uh, place as a contender. So he wants to see them, you know, be the top dog here to really secure one of these spots as a contender. Uh, Warner, for me... I, I want to say they're a contender. I think they have the talent, um, but also they're still gelling. I think that is very obvious as, you know, they just struggled to score against Ottawa in that second half. That was definitely a little bit of a red flag, even though we've seen them score against some pretty good teams here. Warner, though, you know, in their defense, hasn't had the easiest schedule. I mean, playing Kaiser already, playing Thomas already, then playing Ottawa. You know, this will only make them stronger. I believe in that. But for now, they're still learning. They're getting better. They're, like, right on that cusp of contendership. I feel like uh, they're right there kind of with St. Thomas and Weber. You know, they, they're probably contenders, but we'll see how the season ends. We'll see, you know, which team learned the most. When all is said and done. I think that's the best way to say it. But for now, Warner is at a respectable number six. Uh, just dropping out of our top five for the first time since uh, the preseason. But, you know, this is definitely... I mean, they're going to get chances to play a lot of these teams here ahead of them. Obviously, except for Ottawa. And so, we are going to keep an eye out for that. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Now, at number seven, we have Midland. Uh, look, this back end of the ranking. Me and Cody actually disagreed upon uh, the most. Uh, we agreed at having them at number 7 in our official rankings. In my personal rankings, Midland is number 9. In Cody's personal rankings, Midland is number 7. Uh, here's his reason for why he ranked Midland at number 7. And one of the biggest reasons why, you know, they are at this number 7 official spot here. But he says, in what was a super back and forth game, Midland showed the endurance and consistency to pull one out against St. Mary's in a thrilling fashion. The off weekend day and 
days off was substantial in allowing this Midland team to identify and roll out with a single quarterback who would lead their team to victory behind a massive performance. Um, I have a wide receiver who did it all this game for Midland. Midland has had some of the most up-and-down power rankings, and until I see more, I would not expect that pattern to change. Uh, for me, look, Midland, they got a, a good dub over St. Mary here uh, in USM, by the way. And winning those away games is never easy, so you just gotta keep that in mind. But they got a good dub here, and ultimately, I mean, they survived the shootout against St. Mary. I mean, they were going back and forth, right? And so I think Midland definitely deserves a little bit more respect here. But we'll see. The reason why I ranked them a little bit lower in my personal rankings was because I need to see more consistency. One game doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really mean anything, right? So we'll see about that there. But for now, Midland is at number seven. And then at number eight, we have Kansas Wesleyan. That is what we decided on. Personally, I had Kansas Wesleyan at number seven, so it wasn't too far off. But Cody actually had Kansas Wesleyan a lot lower here. He dropped Kansas Wesleyan all the way to 11. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that, but, you know, let's go ahead and read off his reason here. He said, I gotta be honest, I was super excited to see this Kansas team maybe make some noise and show themselves as a true threat to the KCAC crown. The exact opposite happened, and I am worried about this offense that produces a total of 26 points over its last three contests in Florida, by the way. They could easily shoot back up in these power rankings, but for now, that was a very underwhelming trip to Florida. Look, I mean, I completely agree with that. I do believe that they could have played a lot better. I mean, you got to keep in mind who they played, though. They played number three, Thomas. I'm going off of last week's rankings, by the way. So they played number three, Thomas. Lost to them 6-26. Played number eight, Weber, who, you know, this week they had a very good week. But they lost to Weber 7-26. Then they played number five, Warner, who they lost to 13-32. to So those teams are obviously good, you know. Um, look, Thomas, Weber, and Warner in our current rankings are all in the top six right now. Thomas being number one, Weber being number four. And so, you know, I don't completely blame Kansas Wesleyan. And so that's kind of why they are here at number eight. And I wasn't super hard on them. I think, look, it was good playing against very good competition down in Florida. It's only going to make you better. Now we're going to see how they react to that. They do play USM, I believe, today when this podcast come out, comes out. So that will be March 18th. And so that'll be a nice little redemption game there. Uh, potentially for both teams. We'll see how it goes down. Uh, but, you know, for now, I think number eight is a very fair spot for Kansas Wesleyan, who wasn't, you know, completely horrible in Florida. And that's my opinion. So there you go there. At number nine, we do have the University of St. Mary. Uh, look... I personally had St. Mary's at number 10. I believe Cody was in a pretty similar situation here. He had USM actually at number 8. So I had them at 9. Or sorry, I had them at 10. Cody had them at 8. We settled for 9. That's a nice little sweet spot there. Uh, look, he put them at 8 for his personal rankings because he said this was a game against Midland uh, that just got away from them, you know, and that's a winnable game. There's still a lot of questions for the St. Mary squad and exactly where they stand, and I think that's exactly what the number 8 ranking in our power ranking stands for. The last team to be ranked number 8, 
Uh, last week was Weber, so just keep that in mind. Um, I'm, I'm, I kind of agree. You know, St. Mary, they hung with Ottawa pretty well. They didn't beat them, obviously, but they hung with them pretty well uh, up until that point, as good as any team did up until that point. And then they, you know, beat Cotty pretty convincingly. So they're obviously better than Cotty right now. Uh, and they may be a couple plays away from being better than Ottawa. So we'll see. But for now, they are at number nine in our power rankings. So that could definitely change change after today we will see though so there you go at number nine is saint mary at 10 is Cotty. they were at 10 last week so not too much changed here uh, i actually had Cotty at number 11 personally but it's not because you know i felt like they played bad or anything it's because a couple teams moved up i mean midland they beat usm if midland didn't beat usm then Cotty wouldn't have dropped here so i'm just gonna throw that out there Cody actually had Cody at number nine, so we split the difference here as here as well. Uh, his reasoning for putting Cody at number nine, he said, "Congratulations to all the coaching staff and the program for their first victory as an entire program and the first one of the season." Um, that's not right, because Cody definitely won last year, but I think he meant uh, for this season. So there we go. There we go. There he said, uh, "Back-to-back games saw incredible improvement." from this Cotty squad that appears to be developing more and more chemistry as the weeks continue. They rank just ahead of the team they beat even though they lost the first one. The margin of victory in the second one is why they are basically ranked uh, above Milligan. And then he said, and once again, congratulations to Kenzie Murdoch, an OG part of the PMC fam, PMC family here. Um, Look, I, first off, congrats to Kenzie. That's our girl out there at Cotty. She's making us proud, making a lot of people proud. And so she's doing her thing. They got a very good dub. Got to talk to her just a little bit over DMs and whatnot after that big time dub. Super happy for her. And there's going to be more of those in her future. So just wanted to say that. But... There you go. I mean, that's why Cotty is basically at 10 here. Uh, we put them ahead of Milligan regardless. So there you go. Now, at number 11, we had Florida Memorial. We kind of had to talk about this a little bit. I had Florida Memorial at 8, actually. I just, I mean, look, I'm not going to move down teams significantly uh, that just don't play, you know. And so that's kind of why I had them at eight here cody actually had them at 12 and so we eventually decided on 11 for florida memorial and so that's where they're at officially here cody's reason for dropping florida Mor memorial is well i'm just gonna go ahead and say it right here he said unfortunately other teams got wins this past week when uh, fmu didn't play this isn't necessarily a reflection of the program this season as much as it is a reflection of basically just how much happened over the weekend, subject to change if they can get back at the win call. Look, obviously agreed here. I mean, they'll they'll go higher up in the rankings if they can get a dub, but obviously that goes for every team. Like I said, I was pretty hesitant to ding them here, um, but, you know, I think number 11 is a pretty solid spot. At number 12, though, we do have Milligan here. They did get their first dub of the season, so I just want to say congrats to them. You know, uh, they're a program that really got their season started this week as well, playing a lot of games, both in Florida and, you know, two in Tennessee 
as well. But basically, here's what Cody has to say about Milligan. He had Milligan right at number 10. And so I think, you know, we're kind of splitting a little bit of a difference here. Um, well, not too much. I actually had Milligan at 12. So that's just what we decided on. But <laughs> here's why Cody put Milligan at 10. He said, I'm going to bump Milligan here for their in incredible slippery win over Cody College in that first doubleheader game there. So, there you go. Uh, he said, I went back and forth on if they should be 11 or 12, but I will note that it is not Florida Memorial's uh, fault that they didn't play this weekend. However, you know, Milligan did secure a win, and uh, for that, they are moving up, and congratulations. So, there you go. Uh, look, for me... I don't know if I could put them quite ahead of Florida Memorial. FMU did beat Midland. Now, they did beat a Midland team early in the season who didn't have their quarterbacks. But a win is a win. And so I'm, I'm just a little hesitant to put Milligan over Florida. And so that's why they're at 12. Then at 13, we have Xavier here. Uh, here's what Cody had to say about Xavier. He said, I'm running out of things to say here. Just get that win. I mean, yes, so we'll see. We'll see what's going on with Xavier. But just to review here, at number one, we have Thomas, two Kaiser, three Ottawa, four Weber, five St. Thomas, six Warner, seven Midland, eight Kansas Wesleyan, nine St. Mary, 10 Cotty, 11 Florida Memorial, 12 Milligan, and 13 is Xavier. So as you can see, a very big shakeup here in our power rankings. They're probably going to continue to change here, but this is probably the most drastic change we'll hit as we are heading into the second half of the season. There won't be as many games week by week. And so we're going to get a better idea of where all these teams kind of are going into conference championships and uh, nationals as well. So there you go. Stay tuned for all of that, you know, um, and just throwing this out there one more time, regular season games and these power rankings obviously don't mean anything. If you're an athlete or obviously if you're a coach, you should know this, but if you're an athlete, especially, and you are listening to this, you know, Hey, it's a long season, right? We got about a month or two left before some of these games actually truly start mattering so just gonna throw that out there anybody could win na at nationals or in those conference tournaments so i'm just gonna throw that out there for now all right so let's go ahead and talk about playmakers of the week we do have a couple candidates here so we'll talk about them first before we announce uh, or well before i announce the playmaker of the week for week five here uh in this naia 2022 flag football season just so that you, the listeners, know, this week five, at least in our opinion, uh, we are considering everyone that played a game from March 11th, 2022, obviously, to March 17th. So that is what we are going with here. And so right here, we do have four candidates that I want to talk about. Um, number one, Caleb Burrows, specifically in her game against Ottawa. In that game, she had one rush for 16 yards and a rushing touchdown. Six receptions for 51 receiving yards and a rushing or and a receiving touchdown. Sorry, uh, in addition to that rushing touchdown, and then on defense she had three tackles and a pick six. I did mention an interception in the recap uh, in the in the third quarter. That was actually a pass breakup on fourth down, uh, and she also had another pass breakup in this game. And so altogether. 
obviously you know it was a team effort beating ottawa but caleb burrows did a lot for this weber team recording a rushing touchdown receiving touchdown a pick six so you know a touchdown on defense and then as well as a couple key pass breakups so obviously she was a big part of that dub over ottawa and then also against kansas wesleyan i'm not really including this but i might as well throw this out there she had four receptions 52 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns against them along with 35 rushing yards on two attempts so there you go the other playmaker of the week candidate once again is madison carrera of ottawa university uh she is their quarterback specifically against warner she had a very good game including about five passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown for a total of six touchdowns in this game against a very good warner defense here uh three of those touchdowns did come in the fourth quarter to go ahead and put that game away and win it so there you go there um another playmaker that i want to talk about is Shade irvin uh, turbo from midland she is a running back slash wide receiver she had a rushing touchdown and then i don't have the exact stats but she has at least 30 plus rushing yards and 30 plus receiving yards in this game she had a lot of big um just plays on offense for midland here and was a huge part of why they were able to eventually put away saint mary's uh saint mary for that upset there and then last but not least we have Brittany delva the linebacker receiver for thomas university specifically in her performance against ottawa here she had eight receptions for 106 receiving yards and a hat trick, three receiving touchdowns. Then also on defense, she racked up 13 tackles, which is pretty good here. So obviously, a lot of great performances for a lot of upsets, a lot of big wins here. Um, this one was probably one of the hardest like weeks to pick a playmaker of the week. I don't think there's a single one that is the obvious standout, but I think I'm going to go ahead and give it to Caleb Burrows of Weber International University. I mean, she did it all. Rushing touchdown, receiving touchdown, defensive touchdown, and a big win over Ottawa. She was a big reason why Weber was able to upset them. So there you go. She is our week five playmaker of the week. So with week five in the books, you know your playmakers of the week, you know the, your power rankings after week five. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about week six. Week six is pretty relaxed. There's not too many games. I know a lot of uh, schools are on spring break and all that great stuff. So there's not too many games in general. But as of today, March 18th, we have two games uh, at the time that this episode comes out. And so you might be listening to this uh, podcast probably after those games happen or during those games we'll see but march 18th we have kansas wesleyan versus st mary's uh that'll be a big one you know st mary will have an opportunity to knock off kansas wesleyan and potentially move up kansas wesleyan you know they're trying to keep that spot there in the kcac a big dub here uh over them would go a long way against a very solid st mary team and then I believe Kansas Wesleyan plays Xavier, but that might be wrong. I know St. Mary uh, did postpone 
slash I think cancel that game against Xavier so I am not sure if that is still going on but for now I'm just gonna save that and we will see tomorrow and then after that there are no games on Saturday for the first time this season the next couple games will actually happen on Wednesday and Thursday uh, Wednesday March 23rd there's Ottawa versus St. Mary uh, Ottawa looking to bounce back coming back to Kansas uh, you know getting back into KCAC play you know and so that'll be a big one for Ottawa to bounce back against and then St. Mary I mean they get their shot at the defending national champs we will see what happens and then the next day Thursday March 24th you know the the Sun Conference is back in it you know we have a couple games here two games here St. Thomas versus Thomas round two that'll be a big one and then we have Florida Memorial versus Weber we'll see if uh you know Weber could keep it going if Florida Memorial could get something going and then with St. Thomas and Thomas that'll be a big battle in our rankings there they'll be basically battling for um I mean just for the spot ahead of each other so that's how that will probably go down so there you go those are your week six games not too many really only one two three four games maybe five games if that Xavier game actually happens but only four games this week it should be pretty chill here now I do want to make an announcement here because next week's episode will be pretty short. I mean, there's only really a couple games to cover. Uh, next week's episode is going to be pretty special. We are going to update you, the listeners, on our end of the year awards, most likely. And so here's how this is going to go down. You know, we are going to have, at the end of the year, an award show for the NAI Women's Flag football season. We are not affiliated with the NAI in any uh, way, and so this will be more of a media type of deal, you know, how we see it, but we're obviously going to take, uh, you know, inspiration and uh, opinions from you, the listeners, and then hopefully some of these teams as well, but the four awards we have going on right now is most valuable playmaker this is regardless of conference by the way so this is just nationally and so uh views view this as basically the female version of the heisman award but we are calling it the most valuable playmaker award this award goes to obviously just the best player overall in the country we as in myself and cody will vote for this and then hopefully we'll get some coaches maybe even players or media of voting on this as well and then you the listeners will also get a chance to vote on all these awards so just keep that in mind so there you go there then after that we have offensive playmaker of the year and defensive playmaker of the year i think those are pretty obvious and whatnot so uh you know we'll we'll have those polls up eventually and whatnot and update you and you know who's kind of leading those who are the front runners in those races and then last but not least we have freshman of the year uh we there are a lot of freshmen by the way, playing on the NAI level right now, obviously it's in its second year, and so this last recruiting class was pretty big for a lot of colleges, uh, and even for some, you know, it, it's deciding how their season is going, and so this is a very, very important award here, and so there you go, those are the four awards, here's what we want y'all to do, go ahead and DM us, message us, whatever like names um people that should be in this race we really want to get you know fans involved in this we really want to you know get get y'all's opinions and so how this will work is that basically every week until the end of the season we're going to be updating you know uh these award races like who's the front runners who are the people that might be slightly behind or still in contention 
leading up into the last week of the season. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to do it after or before Nationals. We will see about that. We'll probably put it up to a vote and then we will go from there. And so, next week's episode, we're going to talk about some of these frontrunners real quick since we're about midway through the regular season. And uh, that'll be a good opportunity for, you know, you the listeners to make your voice heard. So, feel free to message us, DM us, whatever. You know, we'll make sure to, you know, include as many opinions as possible in next week's episode. So, there you go. And then last but not least here, we do have a quick high school girls uh, flag football update here. I know Florida's season's going on. Uh, Arizona season's going on. You know, like I said, spring breaks are going on, so not too many games are being played. Some teams are on and off here. And so uh, I just wanted to kind of give this update to let you know that next week as well, we will probably focus on one or two girls high school flag football players that are obviously really good you know for a reason and whatnot most likely we will be doing a film breakdown of uh, one or two of these players here um just to be honest with you we're probably looking at georgia and nevada players right now since their season is over maybe alabama players but we will see we'll be keeping an uh kind of an eye out we just want to make sure that you know we show some of these uh, high schoolers that are balling out you know some love and whatnot and some recognition on next week's episode since it'll be since it'll be a little bit lighter as far as college football goes but anyways next week will be a great episode thank you so much though for listening to this episode if you want to you know keep up with us and all that great stuff go ahead and follow us on our social medias you know like us all that great stuff that's instagram facebook twitter tiktok as well and then go ahead and you know subscribe follow us on twitch and our youtube channel at playmakers corner you know we'll be posting a lot of content there and all that great stuff um oh and then obviously another reason to go ahead and follow us on social media that's where you'll see where all the voting is how you could reach out to us and vote for some of these awards for who we should feature on the show next all that great stuff so you know just a little extra incentive there and then if you are listening to us on a major streaming platform which you know i'm sure you are you know go ahead and like us subscribe leave us a good review we appreciate all of those we appreciate all the support that we've gone so far this podcast is extremely fun to do we absolutely love putting on playmakers you know showcasing them because there are a lot of great football players here in the country and so it's an absolute honor to be able to cover not only nei women's flag football but you know a little bit of girls high school flag football and some colorado football here as well 